welcome back. This is the Focus Target Podcast. I'm your host, Smiley, with me this time. Very unexpectedly. This time. Shy and Van. What a surprise, gentlemen. Hey, guys. Good How's evening. everybody doing? How's 2014? I'm sorry, 2016 treating <laughs> 2014 We didn't go was back a good year. year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't live in the past. It's been good so far. I've been playing a lot of fun games, even some that released uh, just in 2016 that we'll hear about, I'm sure. Interesting, and I'm looking forward to hearing about it, and hopefully all of you are, our listeners are as well. Uh, today we're going to talk, last time we kind of did our best of 2015, and, and briefly at the end of the podcast we discussed some of the things we were looking forward to, and that kind of gave us the idea to maybe flesh it out a little bit and, and really kind of preview the year, uh, and know that some of you may be wondering if we're ever going to get back to talking shop about you know, more of gaming theory and, and, and some of those other types of podcasts rather than just current game reviews. And I, I assure you that we do have plans to, to mix up our podcast content, so stay tuned for that. But today, our topic is going to be uh, games that we either know or hope may be coming out in the year 2016. Before we get to that, however, we are obligated by contract to do our question of the day. And today's question of the day is which of the three upcoming virtual reality systems are you most likely to buy? Let me preface that for our listeners to let you know that um, this year, one of the big expected releases that we're not going to get too much into beyond this um, are the three virtual reality uh, headsets that, are, that, have, that have been being developed. We've talked about a little bit in the past, kind of some of the, a lot of them are in different stages of completion, but we have a uh the oculus rift uh a sony do, do we know the name of the sony one gentlemen uh playstation it's, vr yeah playstation VR is all we virtual got. reality and then the third one is is another one and shy i think you had the name was from valve do you remember yeah, what that was the vive v-i-v-e v-i-v-e so so those are the three major players there may be some smaller ones but those are the kind of the big fish um that are coming out with kind of competing virtual reality systems and so um, I don't think any of us know a whole lot about them, but I think it's something that obviously uh, we've been talking for, for decades about the future of gaming being potentially virtual reality. So uh, let me start with you, Van. Van, which of the three upcoming VR systems, those major three we just talked about, are you most interested in? Well, I can tell which one you're not interested in. The last two that you don't even know the names for. Well, Logic deduction. Know, well, just because I know the names doesn't mean I might not be interested in them. Okay, fair enough. Well, you'll have I to can't wait, wait to, to hear your answer. You'll have to wait to hear my answer, won't you? Maybe <laughs> it'll surprise wait. you. So the, the question was, uh, how did you ask it? What, which one am I most likely to buy or which one am uh, I which, most excited which, for? Because those uh, are... Honestly, I'd like to hear both answers if you don't Okay. If you don't the, the one most likely to buy right off the bat um, in, I guess... Um, well, Shai just informed me of some potentially different news than what I've heard. Everybody's already out there um, buzzing around the gaming world that the PlayStation VR will probably be one of the more affordable ones. Um, I think they released the initial estimates were going to be that it was released at about 300 bucks. If that was the case, because VR is in its extreme infancy, in my op opinion, um, I think there's only going to be just vast improvements in virtual reality systems in all three of those headsets in their second version or third version, I'd probably wouldn't be willing to spend a lot of money right off the bat, considering the new versions might even be less expensive and work a lot better. With that being the case, um, the one I would probably purchase most is probably the PlayStation 1, um, but the one I'm most excited about is the Vive, um, the HTC Valve one, just because of the amount of games that Steam has to offer and that it's produced by Steam and the the, the um, what's it called? Um, I, I know what Valve is as a production company and I trust them and I love the brand so I could just imagine how awesome their equipment is. They are super, super strict about quality control. So I'm really excited about the Valve one and then when Half-Life 3 comes out I could play it on it too. Probably the main kicker as to why I want that one. But if it's on PS4 you could play it on the PlayStation VR headset as well. Oh my god! The other thing is... Um, and this is good. I don't mean to alienate a lot of our listeners, and they should know by now that we treat every every console fairly, except the Xbox. So, because PC is master race gaming, I think the Vive will just outperform the PlayStation's, uh, essentially the, the PS one PS two limitations for Final Fantasy eleven. I don't think anybody understood what you just said. I am out. That's all right. Shy. What about you? Um, 
most likely to buy him in the same camp as Van. I'm still hoping, even though it seems like there's maybe some been some leaked news recently that the PlayStation VR headset might be more expensive than we anticipated. I'm going to still hope that it will be in the like $300 or less range, which would I think make it in the the range of that a lot of people would be willing to spend for, like Van said, an early you know the or the first version of VR headsets that are coming out. Um, most excited for though would probably be the Oculus, just because I think they really have been the ones who've kind of created this renaissance of VR. You know, VR was like multi thing and just died it was like this is not you know this is not going to go anywhere we, you know, we can't really do this and then like oculus came around and started working on a workable prototype and all of a sudden now it seems like everybody's jumping on a bandwagon so since they've been like the pioneers i'm really interested in seeing where that goes and and what they can do with it when is 3d coming back to tvs because that was like a huge thing in like 2008 2009 and everything was a 3d tv and now they're all still 3d tvs but nobody gives a crap about 3d well, the question, think... go ahead well, I don't know. Like, what interests me is, like, if I'm going to watch something, I don't want to have to wear glasses. So, like, when will yeah. we really, like, I know, like, the one thing that, like, the 3DS is the one thing that we've seen before that's kind of like God, a no-glasses so 3D. Though. See, I've, I've heard a lot of people actually really like that. So, I mean, I know that there's some divisiveness in that. But, uh, um, I'd be like, I think that's going to be the key, right? If they can really nail down no-glasses 3D, I think that's going to be really the big leap for 3D viewing. Hmm. Is there yeah. ever be a time when they can have no-glasses VR? Like if you like build like a, what, a holodeck like Star Trek, <laughs> I guess right. Go you gotta be in like a room or something. It'll be here. Watch, give it, give it fifty years. Holograms. Maybe we're gonna have their gaming room is literally gonna be an empty box, <laughs> and it's gonna be awesome. Sorry, <laughs> Smiley. No, I mean that's that's very possible. I just wonder, in regards to your three D question, how many people actually like three D? I know maybe it's a small sample size, but I've myself included. I've talked to a lot of people who don't like. 3D. They don't go to 3D movies. It either gives them a headache or it just detracts from the enjoyment. And I think a little bit that's why you've seen a decrease in the 3D buzz is because there's definitely a sizable portion of the population who does not prefer it. So it may just be that. Yeah. Why are you? Why are we gonna spend a bunch of money to make a bunch of 3D stuff when a lot of people don't like it in the first place? Gotcha. You know? So maybe. And, how, I, and I felt like how widespread that is. I don't know. When movies were coming out in 3D, and I know we like completely switched over the topic. When movies are coming out in 3D, they, it seems like they were tailoring them too much to 3D. In-your-face shark bites and crap like that. You know what I mean? Like it, it seemed like they pulled away from story and actual cinema and went to just how much stuff can we put scarily in your face. Hmm. Yeah, see, I didn't really see a whole lot of 3D movies. I didn't. I wasn't really a big fan. Cool, man. What's your answer, Smiley? My answer is I'm not really likely to buy either any of the three VR systems. Oh, wow. um, I think you your point was originally the one I would probably agree with most fans that this is a technology that's still in its infancy. Like I would be very surprised if there's a must-have game. I see it more as something that could be kind of cool and kind of novel, but um, especially when you're talking three to five hundred dollar purchasing price, that's like you need to have if you're going to get me to shell out for that you're going to need me to have a reason right like i'm trying to think of what games could be on virtual reality like i've i've seen some cool videos of stuff that's been done with the Oculus Rift so if i you're right if i had to pick which ones i'd both excited to see it's probably that one there's definitely some cool stuff but nothing that would make me feel like i mean i th- I, I think of my the the investments I make tend to be how much time of quality am right. I going to get out of it, right? Like when I was making my decision to buy a PS4, like that sure. really factored in. Like how much time am I really going to spend with this? Is it worth the money I'm going to pay? Uh, like, I mean, I, I guess I'd have to see a game on a VR system that I couldn't get elsewhere or that was so different and good on the VR system that I had to have it that would make it worth it. And I, not to say those games won't come, but I don't anticipate them in the first life cycle of, of these consoles. So, okay, well, let me ask you guys a question then. On a side note, which genre of game are you guys most excited about to play with VR? Just a quick answer. Shai, I guess we'll start with you. Um, that's a good question. I think that uh, I think the one genre I feel like probably lends itself mo- best to VR is like space simulation. I've always liked like space shooters where you're like in the cockpit, and I think the ability to like look around the cockpit and kind of oh, see God. where you are and like the controls. I think that that has a really cool feel to it. So I think that could be really neat. I think that would be cool, um, and that would probably be my number two pick for this question. Uh, my number one though would be something like Minecraft. 
like a VR Minecraft oh, man. would be like you're literally in Holy the world crap. that you're building. I just feel like <laughs> that, that would could be, be so cool. Like you already feel that a little bit when you play Minecraft, right? Like, like looking up at our castle yeah. and just looking around. Oh my god, that'd There's, be amazing. You actually yeah, turn about, your head and creepers in your face and blow your ah! <laughs> Good one. I think mine would be the uh, racing genre. It's it's 90% simulation is there. They got the uh, like mechanics down and the and the, the visuals are amazing. Um, it's just being able to turn your head and look at that corner before hitting that apex. That That's a that's a 10% of the racing that's missing. So I'd be really excited to cockpit view in uh, racing simulators. I see. Well, if you have a question of the day, or if you have comments about our current question of the day, or many of the subtopics that we just built into that question of the day, uh, feel free to give us a give us a comment, give us an email, drop us a line on Twitter. We'll have our contact info at the end of the podcast. So, without further ado, let's start talking about some of the games that are coming out in 2012. Um, there's a number of games that we go through. Some of them we'll spend more time on than others. A lot of them I don't really know a whole lot about, so I'm going to turn it over to my cohorts uh, to, to kind of give us a little more information on it and why maybe we should be looking forward to it or what about it is is worthy of discussion. So, we're going to start first with games that have a hard release date an actual day that they are expected to be out and then after that we'll go through games that are expected to be 2012 but or i'm sorry man what am i what am i talking about today 2012 uh expected to be 2016 but you know maybe don't have an exact release date uh so the first one i think we're gonna talk about is a game called darkest dungeon shy i think you knew a little bit about this one what can you tell us about darkest dungeon yeah, so Darkest Dungeons been a, is a game that's been in early access on Steam for quite a while now, at least well into last year. And it's a side-scrolling roguelike game, so just for anybody who doesn't know what a roguelike is, it's a game where... Um, there's a lot of chances for like failure in the game, but then like it's easy to get back into it, and like it's um it's like procedurally generated. So every time you play the game, it's not exactly the same. You may have different characters, you may have different layouts, but it's a game where you go into a dungeon with a party of adventurers and you're fighting enemies. But like as you go into the dungeon, your characters have like insanity meters that like fill up because of like the stuff that's happening to them in the dungeon, and so then like you have to like manage their sanity. <laughs> like it's oh my god, it's a cool like twist up you like on the dungeon crawler because you think if you were like an adventurer like going into a dungeon like fighting these horrific beasts and they're like attacking you or poisoning your allies like you know i mean like you'd freak out like i don't know i think it looks cool um it looks like the whole like roguelike aspect of it procedural you know aspect of it seems cool like your your party members can die and you're encouraged to like recruit new party members as you like you know come out of the dungeon go back in stuff like that it seems like a really interesting game with a lot of replayability and i i i know you had mentioned offline that you thought it'd be a game that i'd be interested in but to be honest, as much as I've enjoyed a couple specific roguelikes, I'm not a big fan of the genre. Gotcha. I'm really not. And I feel like they have become so big in the last year or two. Um, they've really made a revival. But just like, I think if they're done well, they can be a lot of fun. But but I think they can be really frustrating as well. And they can be, I don't want to say shallow, but like, they're just not necessarily my cup of tea. Um, but but there's definitely some cool uh, cool mechanics f from what you said, especially with the insanity meter things like that. Kind of a different take on uh, on a on a common theme. Yeah, I mean to be honest, this is a game that I don't know that I'll even play. But it's just like I've looked at. You know, sometimes you see a game that you look at and you're like, man, I want to play that game. I may never play it because it may not be my style. But it's a game I want to like want to play. Just, you know, it sounds weird, but that's this is one of those. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, and I don't know if I mentioned, but the release date for that game uh, was actually yesterday, January 19th. Uh, who knows where that is in relation to you, our listeners, when you listen to this podcast. But uh, uh, it was the January 19th release date. And another game that was released on January 19th is an MMO called Blade and Soul. Van, why don't you tell us a little bit about Blade and Soul? Real quick, could I back up and just see what other type of titles are the genre like Darkest Dungeon? Like, I'm trying to relate or understand fully... Like well, what the gameplay is like? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, the gameplay—it's a side-scrolling like dungeon crawler. So you have a party, like you have a party, use abilities, the enemies use abilities. I think it's like a turn-based kind of like okay. dungeon crawler. It—I mean, it's weird looking at it. Doesn't I can't really relate it to a lot of different game types. But the, like dungeon defender, top-down, no, 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 literal, literal like, side, little, literal like a side-scrolling, like, like Donkey not, Kong side-scrolling. So, but like no, like very stylized. The art is very gothic, and like ah, I think gotcha. you do is like you—it's like almost I think like clicking advance, and then like it like is like you go down 
down a corridor and then like clicking advance again. Ah. It's like now you encounter this party and like you see a pic, you, know, you see pictures of your profiles of your party and all the profiles of like the Cthulhu monsters show up on the right. And then like, you know, there's like, battle animations as you choose what you're going to do. Okay. So it's like a turn-based side-scrolling dungeon crawler. The art looks pretty cool. Sweet Jesus. I, yeah. I don't know. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm glad I asked that question because I'm sure I'm, uh, some of our listeners may have had the question too. I'm going to blame it on them. Cool. Thanks, man. Um, as Smiley said, another title that came out uh, just yesterday, January 19th, was uh, Blade and Soul, the long-anticipated MMO from NCSoft and their most recent release as well. NCSoft is also responsible for Aeon, if anybody played it um, back in the day. I think it came out back in 2011 or 12. So, um, but anyways, Blade and Soul was supposed to be released about two years ago. Um, however, I don't know what happened, but it fell off the uh, radar and they, they canceled the release. And now they've basically released, or they just released it yesterday for general play. It's a free-to-play MMO. It is a different type of MMO. It's not your dad's MMO where it's Wait, not... Wait, my dad didn't have MMOs. What are you talking about? Well, well then it's not your dad's MMO. My statement right. is still <laughs> factual. All right. <laughs> But um, what what it is is it's a it's a fighter combo MMO. Um, so it's 3D. It's it's just like your typical uh art or, or MMO RPG that you're used to, where you start with a character, you got to level up your characters. There are dungeons. There's partying. There's uh, crafting, which is a little unique in this game. Um, but it, it's not your typical. Um, I guess the Holy Trinity, you don't have your typical tank, your DPS, and then your healer, where everybody's really a DPS. Um, there are a couple classes that excel better at tanking than others, but most, uh, mostly any job I think could probably solo to the end in this game. Uh, a lot of fun. It's been on my radar for a very, very long time. I'm glad it came out. Shy and I uh, have formed a static with uh, three other members, and we've been having a lot of fun um, as of late. Going back to... Uh, I know I'm a little long-winded here, but going back to the crafting part, I just want to point out what was different about crafting in here is that there is no physical um, manipulation of the controls, uh, whether it be keyboard or, or remote, however you're using it. Um, you actually send in orders to a crafting guild in order to raise your crafting trust with that guild and thus being able to unlock other crafts and stuff. So if, if people just... If people had don't like physically crafting in other games and they want to raise their crafting or finally get into crafting this could be the game that they do so because you just place orders as opposed to actually leveling it by uh, physical input command input but very fun game uh very pretty game and i encourage you guys to go ahead and try it shy what are your thoughts on blade and soul because i know you've been as van just mentioned you guys have been playing together uh it's really nice i think the uh i I've, i would describe it as like playing like the movie crouching tiger hidden dragon the mmo like it's you know the asian aesthetic the music it's just really cool the... hmm. i see all right uh, next game we're going to talk to has a february 5th release date and that game is xcom 2 i'm a little bit familiar with the original xcom game i never played it but i remember looking into it shy what can you tell me about xcom 2 oh man you guys might have to cut me off uh I'll try to be. I'll try to be brief. I don't know. I'm so. I'm so pumped about this game. I'm so excited. Um, so is like, it multiplayer? So there is a multiplayer component, but it's not the way. It's not the way that I would be interested in. It. I'm not. And I mean, you guys oh. know me. I'm not as interested in like competitive multiplayer. I'm much more interested uh. in cooperative multiplayer. Um, basically, for anyone that doesn't know about XCOM, the, the basic theory is that aliens have come to Earth, and you're in charge of like a clandestine organization that needs to like investigate the aliens and combat them. A lot of times, they're 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 combative, and you have to like go up against them. Well, in um in 2012, you know, this was a game back in like the 80s and 90s. In 2012, they revive they revived the the series with. XCOM Enemy Unknown and was was a hit. I mean, it was very well reviewed on um, multiple was that, platforms. Was that Kickstarted? I don't feel think like so. I think this no? is. I think okay. it was 2K Games. So it's, it's a well okay. known. It's a well known uh, publisher. But uh, but it was very well reviewed. And so this is the sequel to that. And so in that game, it was kind of. It was you know it was like a reboot. Like the aliens were coming to Earth, you were fighting off. In this game, and this isn't a spoiler because this is how they advertise the game. The aliens won during the the distance between the two games, and so now you are the re resistance humans on Earth now trying to like sabotage the alien like regime that is now like been instated and is like enslaving the human race and it's just a cool concept um you have like a home base similar to like if you think of like fallout shelter with that kind of like long like shot where you kind of build in little modules you have a home base like that that you can kind of advance and research stuff and then you build these teams that go out on missions and there's heavy rpg elements you level them up um it's kind of like um a rogue like in a way that like if a character dies like they're gone you'll have to like recruit a new member and and you can get very attached to them there's like heavy custom Customization, like think of an MMO level customization for a character, and it's maybe not quite that deep. Like you can't go into like 
you know, facial features and whatever, but you can do these the serious customization for characters, really modify them, really make them your own, name them, See, give them backstories. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh and just like the class combat, like the way things work together, just it I don't know. It's really cool. I, I think I'm really excited about this game. I think it's gonna be really cool. It is gonna be PC only, which I think is kinda of a little bit of a downside. I think they've decided to really focus on PC. There's gonna be heavy mod support. And uh and then like Van asked earlier about multiplayer, there is a multiplayer mode, but it basically involves you like picking different like uh, human and alien troops into a team and then like you and like friends can like go against each other with like your different like pre-made teams and, and see who wins I've, I've heard a lot of good things about that XCOM reboot that they did I remember when that came out and people were really excited about it and I, I heard some, some interesting things and it was something that I looked into because I was thinking I was going to try it out and then I never did uh, that's cool to hear uh, uh, Van you have any thoughts on XCOM have you ever, are you familiar with the series at all I'm, I'm not but from what Shai's saying and the tone of his voice, I'm I'm excited for it now. And I, I yeah, it sounds cool. Not very hard to get you excited though. We know that. Giggity. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> next next uh, game we're gonna talk about is one I've never even heard of, but it comes out on February 9th. It's called Firewatch. Shai, can you tell us a little bit about Firewatch? Yeah, so the first, this is a weird story. The first thing I brought Firewatch to my attention, it's, it's been getting a lot of like hype from like gaming conventions, but, uh, it's, I believe the producer of the game, not, not the actual company making it, but like, I think the people that have supplied the money is a company called Panic, and they make like iOS productive, like productivity software. We actually use one of their F2P program, FTP programs at work, like to transfer video files across our server, which really? when I saw that name attached to your game, like what? Um, but it's, it's, it seems like a cool concept. You, you play as like a park ranger or like as a, like a firewatch ranger in his park. And it's like, I don't know if it covers just one day or if it's a couple days, but you basically, you have a radio, you're talking to a fellow ranger in another tower and you're like trying to like, uns- uh, like solve this mystery. You're like walking around the park, like following clues, interacting with different people. And your only line of communication besides like, I think it's supposed to be very like surreal almost in certain ways, but like that, that the voice on the radio is the big, the big thing. And I think the way that some of the trailers have played it out is that like, like there's some pretty significant twists during the story. Like, and it's supposed to be a pretty contained story. I think it's supposed to be like seven hours or something like that. So it's not this huge thing. It's something you can get through pretty quickly, but uh, it just seems really, it seems like it'd be a really cool, like narrative to get into and just experience the story. Wasn't there another game somewhat recently that not had anything to do with like park rangers, firefighting, but was, it was really short and it was very kind the of order. Driven. Yeah. Order, 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 18, or something. Yeah, order eight, yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's something like that, or is is that just the only comparison that it might be kind of short? I don't think it's going to be as divisive as that because the order when the PS when they were first talking about the PS4, they were talking about the order eighteen eighty six. How it was going to be the exclusive game of the console. You know, I mean, like years back, mm. like they were selling that game, showing the graphics. This is going to be the game, and it turned out to be this AAA title that was you know four hours long and right. cost sixty bucks. I don't. I'm not sure. I don't. I, I would be surprised if this game will be sixty bucks. It's an in, it's an indie title. It's an independent title. Right. And uh, and so if this is like a twenty or thirty dollar game. And it's a solid seven-hour like mystery game with cool visuals and kind of some cool like twists and turns. I think that people really like it. I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think it'll have well, There's definitely a niche for that type of game as well. Like, I think we've seen stuff like that with like the the Left for Dead and Wolf Among Us type games, and the um, you know uh, some of these other mystery games like the one that you and 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 James and then Van and Mike were playing. Um, was it Mike or Ben? Sorry, Van. Oh, um, until dawn. Until dawn. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, Tommy. Tommy. Oh, Tommy. Okay. Uh, so, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, it seems like that kind of storytelling game where, where, where that's a big part of it, it, it walking through the story, even though there may not be a lot of replayability or a lot of long-term hours to put into it is, is becoming more popular. Yeah, I think you're right. And it- I don't know, saying that, could we step back for just 30 seconds back to XCOM 2? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> One of the cool things Here about XCOM 2 is uh, is all the maps are procedurally generated and all the encounters are. I think there's certain rules on certain missions that, like, maybe there's, like, a certain, like, amount and types of troops that should be involved. But, like, it sounds like that game is almost infinitely replayable if you really enjoy, you know, mm. if you finish it and you're like, man, I want to play through another campaign because, like, you'll see maps that you've never seen before. And, like, since height, elevation, and, you know, cover are so intrinsic in that game and, like, where you play soldiers and stuff like that, that, that seems really cool. All right, I'm done. All right, well, then the next game we're going to talk about is uh, what is being hailed as Far Cry Primal. And is this essentially Far Cry 5 or something just different. Van, you want to tell us about it? It releases February yeah, no. 23rd. 
It, it could very well be a Far Cry 5. Um, since none of the other Far Cries are really uh, linear in, in story, I guess they just wanted to mix it up and, and instead of getting super high on the additional uh, number for the series, they just decided to go with Primal. Plus, it's also indicative of the type of game that it is. But um, it is traditional Far Cry where you will have a ton of different weapons, a ton of different things to ride, not necessarily vehicles in this case, um, but you can. It, it, it takes place back in the, I guess, shoot, Stone Age. So when man was just coming to and had to hunt and all that fun stuff. And so I'm sure there's going to be a, a major villain, but it's Far Cry to the core, which um, as you've heard in other po um, podcasts, I absolutely love Far Cry. So I'm really looking forward to this. I will miss a lot of the other things that the other Far Cries had to offer with the different types of vehicles. And then Shy may want to touch on, on some of that later, but mostly like my boom cannons and stuff. Once I got the grenade launcher in Far Cry 4, that's all I use going forward. But I also, I guess, use the bow and arrow quite a bit too, since a lot of it had to do with stealth. And I'm sure this Far Cry Primal will also have a lot to do with stealth as well. But he said it takes place back in the Stone Age. You can uh, train your animals like ti saber-toothed tigers. You could take down woolly mammoths. You could ride them. You could build bow and arrows, spears, a whole bunch of primitive weapons. Um, it looks absolutely beautiful. And if it stays true to the Far Cry gameplay, I think it's going to be a very, very good game for 2016. Uh, releases February 23rd. Uh, really looking forward to it. All right, Shy, have you heard anything about Far Cry Primal that you want to add? I think Van touched on it great. I think that uh, I think it could be a lot of fun. It looks good. All right, then let's talk uh, about the next game on our list, which releases on March 8th, and that's The Division. Shy, what do you know about The Division? Because this is another one that I haven't R heard Real of. quick, Shy, if I can interrupt you. I remember you mentioned that you, you hated that there's no whirly bird in the primal but if you could ride a pterodactyl will that make oh, it for man. it that would that would be pretty big that, that would be pretty be huge so awesome well and the cool thing and i know you're not riding it but like you know in the trailers they've shown like you have like an owl right that like scouts out camps yeah. for you and you like look yeah. through its eyes that is that's a cool mechanic i think yeah i think i could i think it looks like it'll be fun i do think it look, looks like it'll be fun cool thanks man um, but the division. So this is a game. This is, so it's actually Tom. I think it's Tom Clancy's the division. I didn't put that in our in our outline, but I, I do believe that has. I do believe it has Tom Clancy's um, name uh, assigned to it. Um, this was a game that that we heard about years ago. Like when they refer, they first started talking about it, it was I think a good four or five years ago. They they announced it at E3. A lot of hype. It looked cool. It kind of went dark. It's an Ubisoft game, which you know I think uh, behind EA, Ubisoft is probably one of the next companies out there that can really cause some reservations when it comes to games. But they've just started releasing some demos for it um it's you know it's coming out march 8th so it's not that far away and i think it's in beta right now and it looks looks interesting it looks i guess it's getting a lot of comparisons right now in the betas to destiny it's you basically form like teams of three you venture out in this post-apocalyptic new york city like it's actually takes place in new york and you're ba it's like a it's like a third person shooter rpg versus like destiny is like a first person shooter rpg and like you're you're going up against pve enemies you're getting loot you're leveling up subclasses you're building your base back home with your team and then there's like in the middle of the city there's an area called the dark zone which is like the pvp area so the rest of the city is the pve area and the middle is the pvp and you go in there and um and there's like high level like the best some of the best loot in the games in there but you're you know you're going up against other squads of, of, of pvpers and then i think like you know obviously whether or not you're with friends or not this could change but i think one of the big mechanics they've been touting is like you know let's say you, you get a piece of loot like as you're like calling for extraction like the different team members can choose to like go rogue on the team and like backstab the other try to backstab the other people oh my god. Loot. <laughs> oh my <laughs> like, god. like there's like tension like trying to make sure that you're you know no one's going to turn it on anyone else but it looks cool i mean mm -hmm. it looks like an interesting concept and i'm destiny worked out pretty well so if it's if it's like a third person destiny with you know with less sci-fi and more like a real world atmosphere it could be could be neat hmm. yeah that definitely throws a wrinkle into it at the end there with the with the disputable loot <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, the last game we're going to talk about uh, before we take a little break here is uh, probably the most recognizable name on this list, and that's Uncharted Four. Uh, Uncharted, obviously, a really kind of kind of become a flagship series for the PlayStation. Uh, this one comes out on April twenty sixth. Shy, what have you heard? Um, I, I mean, it looks great. I mean, it looks really good. The you know, they did a they did a demo at this at the latest E three in two thousand fifteen, and one of the cool things actually was. 
it was one of the you could tell it was a live demo and sometimes they show demos and you're like ah, is that a gameplay video and they're just trying to sit there, you know trying to make it look like it's a playable demo like someone's playing it but they're not but in the demo it actually started off with someone having a dead controller so they came to the screen and the guy like he's just sitting there nathan drake's just standing still for like 30 seconds and then like you see someone run across the stage and then like then run back and it turns out someone like the guy's controller had died who was supposed to be playing the demo and then they they got it going but it looks really cool it looks really dynamic and, I, and it's supposed i think the big thing is it's supposed to be the last there's supposed to be nathan drake's like the last game with him. So I think the big question is what is going to happen to him? And and I think the biggest question after that is what are they going to do with the series? Like we've seen series like Halo and other series where it's like, all right, the series is done, move on, but they keep bringing it back. And will they do, you know, is, is, will this really be the last Uncharted game or will they keep trying to milk that, milk yep. that name? And now have you, did you play the original Uncharted, the first three? I've, I haven't. And so like, I can just talk about this because it looks cool, but I can't really speak to the games themselves. What about you, Van? Did I, I you tried, play the? Yeah, I did. Um, I tried playing in Far Cry Two, and I only had it on uh, I think Unchar- it was PlayStation. Uncharted, 2? Uncharted, yeah, sorry, Uncharted Two. I think I only had it in on. I, I can't remember what console was. I, I want to say it was PlayStation Three. Um, I may be wrong though. But anyways, whatever I played it on, um, I wasn't. Since it is very um, shooter oriented, I wasn't very good with the controller, so I tried to muscle through it and just kind of do it. I know it was available on the PC, but for some reason I only had it on console. Never went back to on PC. But from what I did play, um, it was it, it was pretty fun and pretty entertaining. Um, you know, it was, it was adventurous, and the the guy had really good humor, so I'm sure he could be entertaining through the whole time throughout the game with his one-liners and all that stuff and be a real memorable character. So I, I do understand the fandom behind it, um, just didn't play them. It, for some reason, it just never kept my my uh, interest to go the whole way through. But well, they, wasn't, they were fun. Wasn't the guy who did the voice for him the guy that, that, that became the new ghost in Destiny? Or am I, I think thinking of somebody saw, else? That's very likely. I think you are correct. Yeah, Nolan North. Yeah, so seems like they they like you know he's obviously accomplished yeah, he's enough to, right? to to replace Peter Dinklage. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh god. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a lot more games to go through. Uh, uh, we have a, a long list of games that have been um, announced for 2016, but maybe don't have a date. Uh, we'll get back to those. But first, we're gonna have a small break from our rap sponsors. <laughs> In the year of our Lord, 2016, all my boys was getting bored, if you know what I mean. Just then a gang of new games rolled up on the scene and made all the people want to yell and holler and scream. Wait, Fallout 4? Man, that's yesterday's news. I want No Man's Sky or maybe XCOM 2. New games are coming. They can't be stopped. It's like 2015. This beat's about to be dropped. All right, we're back with Focus Target. We got a lot of games to get to, so we're going to go right through them. Um, we have a June 2016 release date for a game that we've talked about a number of times already. We're going to talk about it again. It's No Man's Sky, a, uh, a sci-fi kind of free freewheeling game as far as where you can explore the galaxy to your heart's content. Van, I know you were very excited about this game. What did you want to bring about, about this that maybe we haven't gone over in the past? Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be fun, and it comes out in June. Just kidding! Yeah, I'm super looking forward to it. Uh, like I've mentioned a million times, just the um, unpredictability and extreme non-linearness of the game is what really Linearity. appeals to me. No, no borders, man. You can't, you can't keep me down. So I'm, I'm super excited about just being able to travel to anywhere, um, being the first person to explore a new world. Like, and I, I thought of something today too, Smiley, and it, it's related to this. When I play Minecraft, I realize I don't like necessarily playing Minecraft. I like starting Minecraft. Yeah, I think I've that's what that. no Man, I, I think, think I've noticed that. <laughs> no Man's Sky is gonna be. No Man's Sky is gonna be a lot of new beginnings, a lot of starts. You know, um, yes, you can establish a continent and whatnot, but the the it's going to be a new experience every single time. And anytime to start over again, quote unquote, just go to a new planet, just start over again. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be beautiful. And I, I can't wait. It's one of my most anticipated games for 2016. So excited. I can tell you, I'm really interested to see how well they deliver on the very lofty expectations that they've put for you and others. I mean, they, what they're, proposing in this game is kind of is very different right like there's not a lot of other games out there and it's a very um a, a very what's the word i'm looking for just um aggressive not aggressive yeah but, i mean the know, computing uh, power like necessary yeah, is I mean, astronomical 
they're, they're really they're really pushing the limits here uh, and i i hope that what they are advertising is something they can live up to and that's what I love most about it, too, is that it's completely different. Like you said, it hasn't been done before. And I, I love the fact that game development companies are still trying to push the boundaries. Um, yes, this one has extremely lofty goals, so we'll all keep our fingers crossed and hope that it meets those expectations. But I'm glad that gaming companies need to do this more often, and they need to keep pushing those boundaries and come up with, with new things instead of just recycling the old content and old titles. What do you mean recycling content in old titles like Uncharted 4 or Far Cry Primal, quote-unquote, Or Assassin's 5? Creed <laughs> fill-in-blank here. Yeah, I don't even know what they're up to. <laughs> if they had numerical <laughs> Assassin's Creed, they'd be rivaling Final Fantasy. All right, Shy, what about you? you have anything on No Man's Sky? Yeah, I think uh, I think the cool thing that I think is that it's, it's still, there's a lot of mystery for it coming out in June. Like, there's still a lot we don't know about the game. We know that it's expansive, and we know you explore, but, like, is there a building in it? Is there combat? Right. What do like, you what do? Like, you do on that game, yeah, that game is, like, there's so much potential that we don't, you know I mean? It's kind of cool, like, just thinking that this is a game that potentially you could be going into with just, like, a bunch of surprises. And, and I think I'm interested in seeing what kind of, like, co-op or multiplayer potential there is, because if there's, like, ways to, like, travel together and there's benefits, I could see like a number of us who play Destiny together or play on the PS4 together, like jumping in together and like just seeing it, you know, yeah. exploring together. I think well, that'd be really cool. Additionally, I mean, there are there are huge clans out there too, 200, 300,000 people clans who are like dedicated gamers to play with one another. They can completely colonize like a solar system, and you'll never even know about it unless you got like an invitation to their exact coordinates, or you might randomly run across this this place that's been completely colonized because it's going to be a mega server. I believe everybody's going to be playing on the same server. It's just astronomical. Well, I, I feel like that the, would be the only uh, way it would work, right? Like, otherwise, otherwise, but no, so, yeah. I mean, you have these, I mean, imagine you can come across a whole settlement. You could come across a star Wars empire and you know, in, in a year or so, like, it just seems so cool to me, the concept. Yeah, I'm interested to see where they go with that. All right, uh, next game we're going to talk about is uh, a game called Hyperlight Drifter. And Shy, this was one that you were uh, that you were kind of excited about. Yeah, I think I've mentioned it on the show just briefly before, but I believe it's, you uh, have. it's just a top-down 2D, um, very stylistic. Um, like kind of like I think the way I've seen it described is like a Zelda like perspective and almost like art style but but action RPG game that looks I'm not you know me I'm not really into like the pixel art kind of games but it it's the style is so interesting that it, it it makes me really I think I'm definitely gonna try this game out it looks it looks the combat looks fun the music looks cool the art style looks really rad and I think this if there was another game on this list that, that you may not know a lot about that I think you might like this would be the other one um, maybe even more than Darkest Dungeon I feel I feel like I actually looked this one up a while ago as well but I wasn't quite sure about it like it's something that I'd probably maybe try out but I didn't have the I didn't have the same reaction you did where I was very excited for it I was more like eh, that looks like it could be cool but kind of going to reserve Which, judgment but if we were to use scales like of what gets like the level like w how you tell Shy's excited and how you tell Smiley's excited <laughs> we might have a similar level a similar level it's just that I'm much more motive about like uh, like, I, like this might be the more reserved side of Shyro like this definitely is an XCOM 2 levels of excitement but uh well no, no doubt about that I don't know I just it was the gameplay that yeah, it kind of stuck to me where I was just like, uh, I don't know. Like, it seems like it could be cool, but like, I have to see how it's executed. It also looks like it could be kind of, um, you know, if it ends up playing like Gauntlet or something, mm, like yeah. that's usually just not my type of game. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but it doesn't yeah. appeal to me. I lose interest very quickly. Um, so we'll see. Um, next game on our list is is another um, in another high profile installment in a series, and that is Persona Five. Um, shy. You want to talk about Persona Five? Yeah, I think. I mean, you may have. I think you have more experience with the Persona series than I have, but I think I may have been following this one a little bit more closely. I've, yeah. you know, I started for Golden on Vita, but I only got like maybe fifteen twenty hours into it. I really liked it, but it just, I just turned out I didn't play handhelds that much, so I didn't really finish the game. Um, but this one looks great. This is gonna be the first one for the next gen. It was originally gonna be PS3, and they decided to actually push it back and actually develop it for this generation of consoles. So it's gonna be PS4, and uh, it, I think like the main characters are like cat burglars. Um, and so there's gonna be like a lot of like heist, I think like heist burglary kind of mechanics. Um, it just looks like super stylish, looks all really cool. I really liked what I played in Persona 4 and I think you speak highly of, I think Persona 3 a lot. So I think it's going to be potentially a really good, a really fun game. 
Yeah, I've I've spent untold countless hundreds of hours, literally hundreds of hours playing Persona 3. Um, that game was one of my favorites of all time. And I had a similar experience with Persona Q that you did with Persona 4, which is I got it for a handheld, and it was kind of cool. But, uh, you know, I just didn't devote the time to it because I just don't play my handheld systems all that much. Um, so I haven't heard a lot about this one. I didn't really ever get into Persona 4. I really, I really liked 3, but, but 4, like the characters just didn't cap, didn't grab me. And, uh, and I never ended up playing it. It is interesting that they decided to do this for, for PS4. Cause as you mentioned, traditionally they tend to, even when a new console is out, like when Persona 3 came out, PS4 was already out, but they did it on PS3. And then when Persona 4 came out, it was well into the PS4 life cycle, but they Wait, still put it on PS4. You're going ahead, right? I think you're saying it's well into the. It was well into the. No. No, I'm saying Did Persona Four P- came out while the PS4 P- was out. Yes, PS, PS PS Persona Three came out when the PS4 was out. Wow. And it was for the and but it was it was new, like that one you kind of understood. You're like, okay, maybe you know they've probably been developing this. They didn't, you know, they were doing it on the console. They knew, but everyone thought Persona Four was going to be for PS4, and it wasn't. Um, so they've kind of have a history of, and as you said, when they originally started, it sounded like Persona Five was going to be for PS3, and then they decided to move it to PS4. So I don't know why they do that. Um, I feel maybe they just feel like they want to work on a system they're more comfortable with or something. I I don't know, but it's exciting that this will be on be on PS4, and I wonder what uh, what features it might take advantage of from the PS4. If it'll just be graphically or whatever. I mean, the nice thing about it is because it is kind of. Uh, more of an anime style like the game looks really good even on ps3 it you, you know you don't feel like the graphical lag between ps3 and ps4 is that apparent in that See, sort of stylized game i would i would argue that but i i do think that like hd did a lot for like those 2d games as well right because mm-hmm. i mean the the res like the edge you know what i mean the like yeah, you look at edges yeah. of module models and stuff like that like there's that smoothness of the edges i think make it goes a big distance but i see what you're saying like it's probably less of an impact i still uh, yeah i mean I, I, i'm sorry all right, no, no, I mean, I think that's fair. All right, uh, let's let's keep on going because we're we're gonna run out of time before we run out of games. Uh, next game I want to talk to you about with Van is a game called Squad. Um, I've never heard about this one either, so you'll have to enlighten us. What's Squad all about? Wait, so are you saying there's too many video games and not enough time? Because that's the yeah. first time I think I've ever heard that concept before in my life. Especially for me. Yeah. <laughs> so Squad is actually really uh, um a. Very, very, very new title on my radar. Um, I was playing uh, video games with my boy Dessa, uh, I guess, uh, on Sunday, and he he mentioned this game to me, this new game that was coming out. He knew how much I love first-person shooters and uh, how much we love uh, team play. So he was telling me about this, so I started doing some research, and it looks really, really cool. What it is is it's a game that's supposed to come out... um, in Q1 or Q2 of 2016, it's already in Steam, so you guys can go in there right now and buy it. It's in early access, but it's a hardcore military simulation, and it's a 50v50 um, battle on a large field. So a lot of people right now are thinking, okay, great, Battlefield Part 2. Um, Sounds like it Arma. Is- it, it, and it is very Arma related. It's actually the Unreal 4 engine, which is Unreal's obviously huge on first-person shooters. Um, I think they did XCOM too, Shy as well as, you know, Splinter Cells and things like that. But anyways, so it's running on the Unreal 4 engine, which is the newest generation of, of Unreal. Um, and it's supposed to be this massive, literal war um, war game of 50 versus 50 infantry. There are vehicles, there's everything, but it's hardcore strategy team play and not as much KD, you know, worrisome about, you know, oh, is my KD going to be positive or negative? It's literally everybody is communicating together you're working hard together um you know just to uh, accomplish a common goal of taking out the enemy it seems really cool it's basically an extremely large glorified um not cod but the uh what the hell is it called the, the like the first first person shooter that ever revolutionized everything that ever happened ever medal of honor no counter strike go Sorry, I should have said uh, PvP first person shooter. Yeah, it's like a, a huge glorified uh, Counter Strike, which is extremely beautiful graphics and vehicles and teamwork. So it looks really cool. It's on my radar. I'm actually probably going to pick it up this weekend. Hmm. All right, interesting. You'll have to let us know how it is. I think it'll be interesting to see uh, a game where they're trying to disincentivize people to care about their KD and things like that. And if for those of you who are not maybe first-person shooter aficionados, KD is the spread between your number of kills versus your number of deaths. So it's a way of tracking how well you're performing. 
um, which seems to be what most people care about in most first-person shooters to the exclusion of everything else. So even if a game is trying to get you to not care as much about that, I wonder how successful they'll be. That's be interesting to see. Yeah, play the objective. Don't play the KD is what we always say. Uh, so, Shai, uh, the next game that I want to talk to you about is a game called Overwatch. And correct me if I'm wrong, I believe this one was Blizzard's version of, like, Team Fortress 2. Is that correct? Yeah. So what can else can you tell us about that? I don't want to take up a lot of time, so this is going to be really fast. <laughs> um, they're calking the talk style faster, like... Talk faster, got, talk faster, talk faster. They're calling the... Ah, ah, they're ah, ah, Blizzard! Oh my god. Uh, animated style! <laughs> really cool! Go! Stop. No, um... <laughs> sorry. Um, no, I mean, it's Blizzard, which all, first of all, I think any game with the Blizzard's label on it just immediately demands attention. Like, they do such a good, such a good job with almost anything they put their name on. But, I mean, it's going to be... They're calling this new, new genre Hero Shooter. There's actually a number of them coming out now. A lot of people are releasing, like, have announced games like this now but uh basically it's like a like a first person version of like a MOBA like a or like Team Fortress and you basically just play you know very specific heroes with very specific jobs and in cooperative play and different game types and it looks a lot like a lot of fun they had huge beta just recently and people are really raving about it and I think it looks really cool and and they announced that it was originally it was just PC but they've announced it's coming to consoles which really makes me excited because that's probably the platform I would play on all right, well, that was fast, Shai. Good job. Uh, yeah, that was fast. Next game we're going to talk about is a game, maybe the highest profile games of all the high profile games we have here, and that's Final Fantasy XV, the 15th installment, main installment of the, probably the most legendary RPG line ever. But uh, the Final Fantasy games have really kind of, I don't want to say outlived their usefulness, but I mean, the hype for Final Fantasy is not what it once was, and even Final Fantasy XV, which had a demo released um, along with one of their other games not that long ago, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think any of the three of us even played the demo. Nope. Nope. So you can tell the hype is uh, not what it once was, perhaps. If I could clarify, I wanted to, but it came with Type-0 HD for PS4, and I had no desire yeah. to play that game. I was not going to buy that game just for I... the demo. <sighs> Okay, no, it's funny. I actually have the demo. I got Type Zero HD during the uh, Black uh, Black Friday sales for like eight bucks, and it for some reason was the the day one release. So I, I do have the demo. I just haven't played it yet. I'll I'll touch back with you guys on it. But you're right. What's interesting is that the hype isn't there like it used to be, and yet when these games are released, they're still released at nine out of tens. You know, ninety nine out of a hundreds. It's like, but then when you play them, you're like, ah, I don't think so. Yeah, it feels like they've they've really gone far afield from the Final Fantasy games of old, and those are the ones that I really loved. And they did that almost deliberately. You know, it, it seemed like with Final Fantasy IX, they were kind of given their last hurrah to the kind of medieval, you know, traditional Final Fantasy-type game. And since then, they've all been just kind of... Each one... Like, Final Fantasy from the very beginning was a game series that always seemed to strive to be different from its previous incarnations. If you go through the early Final Fantasies, no two Final Fantasy games has the same battle system or the same magic system. Like they, they, they tried to innovate with each new Final Fantasy. So even though they were sequentially numbered, they weren't generally tied together by plot or by even mechanics. There were some overall themes, but it was they were very different games as you went through them. And I think what we're seeing now that we're at Final Fantasy 15 is that, you know, this, you, you've gone, you've changed so much, you've made it such a point to change your game with each new game that it just doesn't look anything like the, the original ones did. And I think that's why you've lost some of the fan base from that, where they're just like, this isn't the, when I want a Final Fantasy game, this isn't the, maybe the Final Fantasy game that I want. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I don't, not, we, we've been kind of down on Final Fantasy 15 here. I don't think we're trying to bury it or anything, but unfortunately, none of us have a lot of, a lot of experience with it yet and you know van if you end up playing that demo maybe you can uh catch up with us in a future podcast and just give us a quick update on what you think what, what you think of it yeah i mean who knows maybe final fantasy in and of itself is a broadcast yeah i think uh i think maybe maybe our listeners could look forward to a more in-depth discussion on that on that very thing that we just touched on What's one thing I, oh, yeah go, go ahead, ahead. No, okay no, what's interesting is that th this game was supposed to come out like five years ago <laughs> six years ago and it's been pushed back pushed back so if there's there one some thing you cannot setbacks. accuse them of it's a money grab so it looks like they're really going to do whatever they can and work really really hard to make this a game that everybody will enjoy and that i'm hoping for that at least and we can hope i i uh would just echo what shy said about type zero uh i didn't want to play it i ended up borrowing it from a mutual friend uh our, our list perhaps listener uh three chains and uh 
he uh, he let he was gracious enough to let me borrow it, but I played it just 30 minutes, and I just could not get into it either. So I don't feel like you're missing much on that one. Um, type zero just didn't do it for me. Roger. Uh, all right, next game. Let's talk about The Last Guardian. Shy, what do you know about The Last Guardian? I'm going to go really quick again. Um, just a game that has been in development for a long time. I think it was announced, I mean, it was it was almost a decade ago that it was originally announced by the team that did Ico and Shadow of the Colossus, which were two very big games in the PS2 genre. Mm-hmm. Um, neither game I ever got a chance to play. I really hope, we'll talk about this later, but I really hope that I'll get the chance to play Shadow of the Colossus someday. You should. That game um, is amazing. Well, yeah, well, and I, I'm hoping it'll make its way somehow to the PS4, but... Uh, um, this is, I feel like, my chance to finally play a game made by that company. It just looks really cool. It's all about a little boy and this giant, like, mythical beast and them, like, going through, like, a world together and going through puzzles. And, you know, it's not a lot known about it, but it looks really beautiful and it looks intriguing. Yeah, well, they released now, the first gameplay at E3, right? Like, uh, it's a long Yeah, it was demo. a long, long demo. It, I mean, it, it looked pretty, dude. It yeah. looked cool. Yeah. Now, Shar, have, have you heard anything about, um, about Shadow of the Colossus being re-released? Well, I figured. I, that, I mean, I, I figured I might talk about that a little bit later. I haven't heard anything, no, unfortunately. Ah, because that's a game that could definitely use one. Uh, I'd never yes. thought about it, but it was a fun game. I really liked it. But um, I think on with PS4 visuals, it could be really, really cool. All right, uh, next game on our list. Uh, another game that we've talked about in the past at least once: Horizon Zero Dawn. Van, I remember. I can still remember your excitement from the last time we talked about this. So why don't you start us off again with Horizon Zero Dawn? And the excitement is still there. You got machines. You got robots. You got robot dinosaurs. You have electric-generated charged bow and arrows with crossbows and swords, and a whole bunch of really cool stuff that any gamer and any kid who's alive right now would love to play with (laughs) so really cool that the uh, main character um it's a female um she looks really really cool in this the uh graphics look absolutely amazing the gameplay looks super fun you're basically hunting these uh it's kind of like a a post robotic apocalyptic era i guess kind of like the matrix where the robots have taken over and and now you have to uh, hunt them to survive so you're hunting it, it mixes primal um, I guess primitive technique of hunting with like extremely advanced new age robotic alien type dinosaurs and it, it looks really cool also released in uh, E3 was the uh, game trailer or demo um, and it looks really exciting I encourage anybody to to who's interested in to check it out it's definitely what, worth the time. Was it, a, was it a playable demo or was it just I think uh, it was played video? I, it was it was both I, th- I want to say it's video and playable I don't think it was cutscenes. It was um, gameplay at least, even if it was like, yeah. even if they weren't playing live, it was definitely gameplay footage. Right. But you right. couldn't, you couldn't play it though. I'd, I don't know. No, 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 you couldn't. It, it, but it, it wasn't it was, a it was gameplay. It was a okay. Correct. So it's all video. You just got to watch it. You can't, you can't play it. But it's, it's beautiful and it, it cuts between cutscenes and actual gameplay, and it's seamless to the transition. The graphics look amazing. The lighting looks amazing, and the environment is really rich. So it'll, it, I'm, I can't wait for this one to come out. I see. All right. Uh, next up is a game I didn't hadn't even heard about, but I've played the original Mass Effect. Uh, Shy, what can you tell us about Mass Effect Andromeda? So I don't think there's a lot known, which is interesting that it's supposed to be released this year. I think that they've said that this E3, E3 2016, they're going to release like a world of like information about this game. So this will probably be one we'll see like in the winter if it actually does make it this year. Um, yeah, we, I don't think it's something we really talked about. Maybe you did mention this, but like any of these ones that don't have specific dates on on this part of the show, like in any of these could probably be delayed, right? Because they're big games and, and they don't have official dates. But uh, I mean, so that, there's not a lot known except that I think it is supposed to move beyond the original trilogy. Like, I don't think it'll be Commander Shepard anymore. I think it'll have a new protagonist. And and honestly, I'm just excited about it because Mass Effect 1 is, one. I think, maybe the only RPG I've ever played through two plus times. And I just love the first Mass Effect game. And so, like, I'm really excited about them coming out with a new one. And Bioware is just a top-notch company. Yeah, you know, I played the first Mass Effect as well, and I really liked it. I didn't play any of the subsequent ones, but uh, that one was pretty good. Uh, all right, uh, the next one, and correct me if I say this wrong, Neo? Is that the name of the game, Shy? I believe so, and this is one, you know, um, we I, I think some of the ones in this list are the ones we talked about last episode as our most yeah. anticipated games, and this was the one I talked about, so I'm not going to talk about it a lot, but, you know, by Team Ninja, the company that revived Ninja Gaiden into the 3D, you know, modern modern era of gaming, um, and it's going to be a samurai uh, 3D fight, you know, 3D game, adventure game, very difficult looking, very beautiful, I'm super excited about it. All right, uh, Van, what do you want to tell us about Gran Turismo Sport? 
<clears throat> so this is really interesting. Um, it's going to be the Gran Turismo, or at least the initial release of the Gran Turismo for the um, new generation consoles, or I, I just current generation consoles. I guess we can't call them new anymore. No, um, no, we so can't. The PlayStation 4, this is going to be Gran Turismo's entry into the PlayStation 4. Um, Gran Turismo 7 is still slated to be released for PlayStation, but they're going to start out with uh, GT Sport. So it's not. It, it doesn't seem like it's going to have all the uh, single-player campaign um, frills that that we come to love with Gran Turismo Sport, you know, our own garage and all that fun stuff. But what's interesting is this takes Gran Turismo to a whole global level where one thing that Gran Turismo has done is always um, mixed gaming with real life. And what I mean by that is they even held an online tournament, I think it was Gran Turismo 6 for PlayStation 3, where they went through a whole series of races, legitimate races that you can spectate and everything, and the winner got to drive a real car for um, FIA, which is the the uh, Federation International de Automobile, which is the oversight committee for um, all of actual real racing in real life. They do Formula One, World Endurance Championships, all that fun stuff. But um, you got to race the series in Gran Turismo 6 to be a real race car driver in that. Now, what this is, is essentially that whole concept in an entire title all on its own. So it's also managed by the FIA, which is a real governing agency for racing in the world. And they are gonna host world racing championships on Gran Turismo Sport. And so imagine you can be seven, they're, they're, one of their slogans is seven to 77. You could be a seven year old racing on a professional level in a video game and it's going to be um, officially recognized by the FIA as a legitimate racing sport going forward. So there's gonna be championships, you can spectate, you, know, you represent your own country. It's gonna be really interesting to see how much this takes off because racing in itself is one of the most popular sports in the world right now, especially with Formula One. We can only imagine imagine um, how it's going to be uh, digitally if it'll take off. And if it does, it's a whole new era that we're coming into. So it seems really cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Um, and even if I'm just spectating it, it, it seems super awesome and, and completely um, undone before. So Yeah, it's, uh, it definitely seems like it has potential. I mean, the eSports have become such a thing. And like it's almost like you, ex you, you knew it was going to happen eventually. That the technology is caught up where you can you can be a race car driver without actually being in the car, you know, and especially in the Gran Turismo series, which has always been about audio, like the fidelity to, the, oh, to, yeah. to driving and, and realism and, and, yep. and simulation realism and so. beauty. It's going to be amazing. Now, I, I have never been into the Gran Turismo series uh, of late because because simulated driving does, doesn't do it for me. Sure. But I, I love the original Gran Turismo from. Uh, from uh, when it first came out, PS One, I think it was like yeah, straight maybe. up Gran Turismo, yeah. yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. But then, then it got a little bit too technical for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, the last one I think we're gonna do is For Honor. Shy, what do you know about For Honor? So this is a game that I think my hype is very highly based on how what kind of buy-in you guys or other guys that we game with are interested in it. But it's a it looks like a fairly simplistic game in that it's like a control style game where you're on a map and you have to like control different points and I think that's how you win. But there's three different factions. There's the Vikings, there's the uh, Samurai, and then there's Knights. Then you play as one of the factions and basically it's a combat game, like a third person go at each other combat game, but it's based on like positioning and, and like sword um, maneuvering and like there's like it looks like fairly intuitive controls on your screen like you like you you go like upper left or upper right or lower right or lower left and then like depending on how they swing they interact differently and very team-based so you can have like a friend come up behind when you're dueling someone else and take them and it looks just like a like it actually looks like a seriously fun game that came out of nowhere that uh that could be could have the potential to have a lot of fun if you're playing is with like a, friends is it, is it an indie game or is it a triple a? i mean so i mean it looks so the interesting thing is it looks very good but i mean like we've talked about like unreal 4 is getting a lot of popularity even with indie developers now so i think i don't remember i think it was kind of a smaller if anything it's a smaller developer i don't think it's a really really top triple a developer but it looks it's a very pretty game and it looks it looks very interesting that's one we'll have to keep an eye on for sure uh well ladies and gentlemen we were going to go into some speculation on some of the games that we had hoped maybe we would we would see come out uh maybe you know what we had hoped for a destiny expansion or a final fantasy 14 expansion or some other games that haven't actually been announced but but you know maybe we were uh maybe we were kind of hoping um the one thing we i do want to talk about is something that we we know is coming out this year and that's uh playstation 2 games being released released on ps4 on on the playstation network for download which i think is new this year shy did you have something on that 
Yeah, well, that's what I was just alluding to earlier when you asked about Shadow of the Colossus. Like, I don't, I haven't heard anything about a remaster, but I bet I think this would be a perfect opportunity to bring that game back, and then some other classics that people missed. You know, like ones that were very well known, like Final Fantasy XII or some of the older Final Fantasy games, stuff like that. Well, I wonder if maybe some of those games, even if they're not redone, might have a little bit of a facelift. I know there were things where, like, if you when I like, I, for example, I have the PlayStation Three uh, version of. Final Fantasy 7 that I downloaded on like the PS1 classics and there's there's an option on there where you can actually give like smooth graphics so it takes a little bit of the blockiness out of the Final Fantasy 7 you know horrendous PS1 level graphics so I wonder if you might even see something like that where at least the PS4 smooths it out a little bit even if it's not a complete redo hmm. Shadow of the Colossus was pretty crazy though that was that was a good game all right, well, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's been a fun time. We've we've enjoyed having you. I hope you have gotten some good ideas for games that have been uh, that have been maybe not on your radar before that you can look forward to. Um, again, we're going to try in in some of our coming episodes to get. We, we've done a lot of previewing and and reviewing of games lately, so uh, you can look forward to maybe some more technical uh, technical discussions of, about games in the gaming industry. Um, if you would like. To reach out to us or if you have ideas for podcast topics, questions of the day, things of that nature, you can reach us uh, on Twitter at Focus Target uh, or via email at Focus Target uh, Podcast. Once again, Focus Target Podcast at gmail.com. And we also, of course, have our blog, which is focustarget.wordpress.com. Feel free to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and get it in your ear holes every single other week since we do these every other week and uh <laughs> and uh yeah that's that uh, we look forward to uh another focus target podcast episode with you in the near future so uh for focus target i am smiley this is shy and i'm van as always cover us porkins we're out <laughs>